What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Mongols. We are sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. We're also part of the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Justin, not Mike. Uh, I've got Josh, Kevin, and Steve with me here tonight. We have a season start date, sort of, and some signings to talk about. So let's jump right in. Let's go. Everything was just falling into place. Funky Azil cuts inside with this Juan Velarde. Oh, so terrific on the Steven Dos Santos from James and Mertz. Yes. yes. Oh, All right, well, okay, so I'm not Mike, obviously. Uh, can't do the let's go, but gentlemen, what's going on? Uh, I wouldn't even notice the difference. If you wouldn't have said anything, <laughs> yeah. like if I didn't look at the screen, yeah, I would have just thought Mike was here. That was that was perfect. I don't know what you're talking about. Your let's go was very enthusiastic, full of energy, uh, fully committed. <laughs> I'm nothing but, if not, fully committed. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, it's been a while since we've recorded a show, it so how are you? Pretty good. Uh, back into the flow of things. Uh, everything kind of kicked off at Pitt this week, so uh, work is getting busier. Uh, I had class uh, last Saturday uh, myself, so you know uh, it's nice to not have a full eight hours uh, in front of the screen for class. Um, but yeah, back to everything. So uh, the late sleeping days of recess are gone. Um, the playing computer games till all hours of the day and night are gone. And back to reality. Can't really complain. Like, I have a long break. So uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. complaining at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kev, Josh, it's nice to see you guys. It's good Me to too. see you too. So um, yeah. It's been it's been good. Uh, let's you, let's, you doing I, okay? I I, I want to let the host uh, have a chance to <laughs> catch it, catch we, us up. We we are doing okay. Uh, we have a very uh, rambunctious thirteen month old at home who is going crazy, um, as thirteen month old little girls tend to do. Um, but she's very fun, and um, but she is getting more and more independent and has her own opinions and all of that kind of stuff. So kind of new phases of parenting. So she takes after Laura Ellen, I see. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Does it go with the flow like her father, true, I guess. True statement. True statement. All right, well, we, I guess we have some Riverhound stuff sort of to talk about tonight. Um, you know, some things going on. Uh, I guess first thing I'll bring up is we made a signing this week. Uh, we have now signed Preston Kilwine, a center back who has been playing for New York Red Bull 2. I guess in the Lily center back, 6-4, big sort of mindset. Uh, he's played 36 of the 50 games that New York Red Bull 2 has played over the last two years. One goal in those games, 2,600 minutes, 10 cards, no reds. I don't know. Seems like a Lily defender to me. No, this is perfect for Lily. I mean, like, it, it's it's in the vein of, you know, the Joe Greenspan, Skyler. Like, a really tall guy in the back. And I didn't know about that red card thing. That that doesn't surprise me at all for Lily either. Because it seems like he's much more like, you know, don't get a card but still do your job. And, like, our Lily teams don't get a lot of cards. No. No. 
Yeah, I, when I, I like how many appearances he got for Red Bulls, too. I think that's really encouraging. I think there have been a few signings in the past where I've had question marks just over the level of playing time. Um, mm-hmm. The Red Bull 2 thing is kind of interesting to me because I think it's I, – I mean, I'm not in that camp of how a team – a two-team operates in the USL. So on one hand, I don't know if the message they keep getting is this is developmental, play our way, and keep focusing on you know personal progression and – and all that, or if it's this mentality of we're here to win the league kind of thing, and I think those mentalities can be different sometimes, so um, I think that could be kind of an interesting dynamic. But yeah, I mean, he looks, I mean, he's 6'4". Um, the, the other thing kind of that stood out to me was his college career. I think even though it was maybe, I don't, I don't know how the division like hierarchy in college works, but I, I get the sense that what it was a division like kind of second tier in college or whatever even still though it sounded like they did quite well as a team at that division and I think that can be encouraging because no matter like even if it's a lower division if you're in the habit of like needing to win every game in order to achieve your goal like that's a good mentality to have I think it's it's almost like it's better to be like a team trying to win the league in the second division than you know, a mid-table or lower half team in the first division from a mentality standpoint of knowing Shots that you need to, like... Cincy. <laughs> <laughs> of, like, of, like, knowing, like, okay, we need to win this game and kind of being in that mental space. So, yeah, they, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's a good, good signing so far. Steve, any thoughts on Kill One? I mean, I recognize the name from lineups. I don't think we ever <laughs> talked about him on the preview show. Um... I don't think I really remember anything positive or negative about him. He seems like a good signing based on the numbers I can look at. I haven't gone back and looked at any video or anything. So, um, yeah, not a lot. Yeah, I but he doesn't stand out in a negative way. That's yeah, good. yeah, for sure. I think um, yeah, as I've kind of been thinking about. It, I mean, in a Lily system, you know, if if. Um, if Lily goes out and gets a Tommy V type center back as well, as a center back in a Lily system, you don't have a ton to do. I mean, so much more of the pressure is on those outside backs and, and, and on that center back who is a little more mobile and all of that kind of stuff. And when you are the the other one, the other center back, the other two center backs, um, you don't have a ton to do. So I, I trust that Lily's making a good signing here. I think, you know, it is interesting that you bring up the like New York Red Bull thing like I don't I don't know their system I don't know where they are with their center backs in their in their camp and and what is happening at their first team and second team like how many center backs do they have are they are they out of space and they're like we just need to start shipping center backs or or what but um yeah I mean this seems like a pretty prototypical Lily signing a you know big tall disciplined defender I don't know I mean, and well, just quickly looking at, like, I, I was watching some videos, um, some highlight videos. Yeah, he, like, not only is he tall, he looks like a, I don't know. I was going to say he looks like a linebacker. I don't watch American football. I don't know what a linebacker <laughs> looks like. <laughs> but he, he looks built, right? He has, he has, like, wide shoulders, and, like, he, he looks really physical. Yeah, yeah. So that is, that is the signing. And then I, I just wanted to pick up a little bit on the conversation you guys had last week. I know you guys didn't get to talk a ton about kind of where the roster stands at this point. Um, you know, you guys mentioned that Danny Rivera signed last Saturday or, or a week and a half ago Saturday. So 
you know, that's that's a good signing. And I think you guys sort of just mentioned that you didn't have time to kind of go into kind of where the roster stands. So I thought since we didn't have a ton to talk about, we can kind of look a little bit at where the roster kind of stands at the moment. Um, so the players we do have sort of under our belt um, and, and under contract um, Danny Vitiello um, is signed. Uh, Jordan Dover is signed. Or, and, these, and these are the options that were picked up, um, you know, the players that we had an option on that we picked up. So Danny Vitiello, Jordan Dover, Danny Griffin, Anthony Velarde, and Albert Dicqua, um were the players we sort of picked up their options. Um, we then did re-sign Canardo Forbes. He was out of contract, but we re-signed him. We also re-signed Danny Rivera, who was also out of contract. And then uh, through the course of the offseason, we've picked up Russell Cicerone, Alex Dixon, and Preston Kilwine now. Um, so that's kind of where the roster stands at the moment. Um, I, you know, I, it seems pretty prototypical. I, I did a little bit of research into kind of what Lily signed and when Lily signs players. And, and January is a pretty, like, heavy month for, for signings. Um, so he's, he's sort of made a couple already. You know, Cicerone, Dixon, Kilwine doesn't really surprise me. Um, the players that have signed elsewhere, uh, Steven Dos Santos, Robbie Mertz, Ryan James, Tommy V, and Thomas Gomez have all signed other players. We didn't, there was a bunch of players we didn't pick up their options, which I think were interesting. And then the two out of contract players were Mark Forrest and Ray Lee. So any, I mean, we can, we can talk about the options not picked up in a second, but any, any kind of surprises with those or any, any thoughts on kind of where the roster is standing at the moment? I mean that's ten players that we did not pick up their options. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting. I mean that that is kind of like I I was originally under the impression that a lot of people that we did not uh, resign were they didn't have an option. Mm-hmm. So it's these guys are you know ones that we we it was our choice to take them or leave them. So like they were shopping around trying to get the best deal. And yeah, that is pretty interesting to see how many. And they're they're starters on there. It's not like you know it's a whole bunch of bench players that we could just find new bench players. But you know that's that's Mensa. That's you know, well I guess uh, Asani. I'm not that surprised. Tony Walls. Not that surprised. Like those are players that didn't really play much. But like speaking of uh, center back, like Skyler, like yeah. he's on that list. So it is very interesting to see just how many players we did not sign. There's or pick up the option for. There's four center backs on that list. So when you when you start counting Lindstrom and Bunk Anderson and Hunter Ashworth, there's four center backs on that list that we didn't resign. So yeah. I think it's interesting. We don't have any center backs except for the one that we just signed. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me is, I mean, so I went through, took a look, right? Like, uh, it's the players that we have versus what we don't have signed right now. So there's a lot of big questions for me. Um, we've got one goalkeeper, one center back, uh, two wing backs, full backs, maybe three, depending on where you're putting uh, um, uh, Rivera, uh, and then three or four midfielders, depending on where you're putting Rivera, two forwards. So uh, that's 10 rostered players. Like We can't even field the starting lineup yet um, with what's known. That in and of itself is not the concern. Um, it, it's much more that there are a lot of pieces. Um, uh, and even if you're looking at those 10 players, um, are we, I guess I asked the question, are we convinced that all 10 of those players are going to be starters this season? Or are some of those guys still gonna be on the bench as they've played uh, a little bit in the past couple years? Um, and especially, I mean, I think when you're looking at some of these incoming players, uh, there's some question marks there as well. I mean, uh, 
are we going to be playing a two-forward system where Dequa and Dixon are both on the field at the same time regularly? I don't know. Um, just some questions there that I have. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just more, yeah, like Josh said, a lot of players that we didn't pick up the options um, in places of need, um, filling out the roster. So I've been wondering for a little while, is this that uh, some of these guys had the option and the team said, you know what, like these guys said, we don't necessarily want to stay. And the team said, okay, go look for a job elsewhere. If nothing works out, come back and tell us. And then we might see some of the players come back later. I don't know, just some speculation. But I don't know, just, yeah, question marks about going forward. Who's going to fit in where and, and how? Interested to see how that pans out. Uh, for that, what you just said, I'm, I'm curious. Do we know if, like, okay, so if there are options not picked back up, and they go out and chop around and then decide they can't find anything they really want, come back. Is that a benefit for the, for the Hounds? Like, do we get, like, a, at a lower price at that point? Is it a situation where, you know, it may be within having a, your option picked up, that means you get a certain bonus or you get a certain uh, pay increase because the second year has a better pay than the first year? And so is I'm just trying to figure out, is this the Hounds being cheap or... <laughs> is this, you know, are we hard, you know, hardballing this, or is this actually a situation where it's like, you know, those are players that he just passed on? So my understanding of how it works, um, uh, so the options have to be picked up by a certain date. I don't know what that is. Sometime in November, December, something like that. Um, so that's kind of when we found out those players whose options were picked up. If the team doesn't pick up their options, those players are free to look for work anywhere. Um, if we re-sign them, we'd be signing them to new contracts, which means we have the negotiating power at that point to say, well, we don't really think you're worth what we paid you last year, so we're gonna pay you a little less. Um, throw all that in there, right? And then like maybe throw it out the window as the new uh, USL collective bargaining agreement continues to work its way forward and might be in place. I mean, I don't know if that'll affect ongoing contracts, but that's gonna be something that I think is gonna change and I'm interested to see what happens there as well. But I think it does mean we could get some of these guys cheaper whether that means the hounds are being cheap or not i can't answer that question i mean it could be a covid related thing yeah. too it's like you know the season's not going to be the way that we thought it was going to be so if we re resign these contracts it's going to be you know a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. were, these contracts were made without knowing what kind of season we just had and what kind of season we're going to be mm-hmm. having so it i, I don't want to just say it's like the hounds being cheap as in like you know how dare they it's more like do we know if maybe this is a little bit more of a way to refresh contracts with new situations that didn't have closets in there to begin with uh, where they could do that. Yeah, I think the other thing that is interesting that this jumps into a little bit of our next topic, but I think the other thing that's interesting to me is MLS just announced their schedule starting date and all of that. So they're starting April 3rd, I think, was the was the day of their, their season starting. And USL's not starting until May. And I, or end of April, um, we'll talk about them in a minute. But I think what's interesting about that is the way that Lily likes to do, a, or, you know, the way he seems to find players sometimes is waiting until those MLS camps break and, and, and MLS teams start cutting players. And, you know, I, I, I remember him saying that he likes to leave seven to 10 spots open, you know, going into preseason, um, knowing that they can sign some players who, might not be able to join them halfway through preseason. But the interesting thing is MLS will have started and they might get a full preseason with the Hounds, you know, before, um, before the season starts, which, which hasn't been the case in the past. So I do think, you know, there's, 
it, it might be Bob biding his time a little bit and saying like, well, we're going to wait to see what MLS does and when their camps break and then we'll figure out, you know, that'll give us a whole new crop of players who are looking for work. And so who, I mean, who knows with that? What do you, and do you think the COVIDiness of the MLS situation might produce a larger pool of players to pick from that hasn't been there in the past? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, so yeah. there's a well, yeah. <laughs> no discussion point there, just an answer. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I think that I think it's going to be a situation where I think teams might keep one or two less players. You know, like they might not go with yeah. a full 30 roster, full 27 or whatever the roster limits in the MLS are. Right. They might not go with a full roster or something. So I think there could be players out there. The, the, the other aim, name that's just sort of interesting to me based on Instagram um, is is goalkeeper Anthony Moembia. I know that he's still doing a ton of work with Hunter Gilstrap and and kind of the goalkeepers at the academy level, but he's also doing a ton of just work with the Hounds. And so I do think that that might be an eye to keep a or a name to keep an eye on, just as we approach preseason. That I think Bob could be could have said like, "Hey, we're not going to pick up your option, but you're welcome to come to camp." And um, you know, if we have a spot at the end of camp, we'll we'll give it to you. So I think that could be an interesting, you know, he hasn't left Pittsburgh. So um, I think that could be an interesting name to keep an eye on there. When we do Uh, have a history of uh, using the full depth of goalkeepers. (laughs) We do have a history of that. I I guess a quick question too. The the one thing that has been stuck out in my mind about who we've signed already, and this could be, I don't know. I, I could be, spending too much time thinking about this, but I keep thinking about Jordan Dover and Danny Rivera. Um, Cause in my mind I've seen, no, I know like Rivera can play in midfield, but in my mind, he's a right back. And so is Jordan Dover. And I think it, you know, I, I'll be interested to see if, if all of you think maybe this is different, but in my mind, like Ray Lee was a bit more, um, or not, not, well, yeah, I mean, Rayleigh to an extent, but Ryan James more so, um, was more versatile in my head than Jordan Dover is. I don't see Jordan Dover having the ability to go over and play like left wing back. He seems pretty right-footed. Um, and I think while Rivera has a bit more versatility in the midfield, even still in the midfield, I see him as a right midfielder. Um, so in a, in a squad that's already pretty thin, but we know Lily, you know, likes to sign players late. I, 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 it could be like nothing. But in my, I just thought that was interesting how, at least in my mind, Dover is the starting right back or right wing back. Rivera is kind of the cover for that. And to have both of them in such a short squad list signed up is was, an, was just kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I could totally see that. But at the same time, this is a situation where I could also see Rivera being the edge, like just trying to like – pushed over a little bit more uh with that starting position Mm -hmm. because i could see very easily him taking it over as the starting position and dover taking the back seat to it so like i feel like they're gonna push each other a lot and like you're saying though uh rivera he's also more versatile so it's possible that we do see him in a different position than what we're used to yeah i could see him moving up in front of jordan a little bit at times or even playing as that deep lying uh defensive midfielder if we're seeing a formation where we're playing with four at the back. Um, 
interesting point, Kev. I don't know. I because I, oh, so I like questions. both of them so much. Yeah, yeah. I really, yeah. I really like Rivera, and I, and obviously Dover is yeah, I mean, he's incredible. Yeah, I mean, Jordan, Jordan. I mean, Jordan's just a great player and, and a great guy. I mean, it's an interest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, but that goes back to my Agreed. previous point. I, Velarde, Rivera, are they starters? I don't know. I don't think so at this point. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I think it's I think it's an interesting point. You know, three years into both of their careers, I guess. Um, you know, can they finally kind of make the breakthrough to the starting lineup? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I I mean. Rivera is interesting because I think he is like typically a right-footed player, so works better on the right side of the field. But I also like, you know, think about that game against Indy that he was basically man-to-man Pasher, and Pasher basically plays on the, you know, played on the right side of the field, which put him on the left. So I think he he can play that side. You know, is it his preferred side? Maybe not. But I think left left backs are also hard to find. <laughs> Actual left backs are hard to find. Yeah, um, or left-footed left backs are hard to find. So I think that that bring it does bring up an interesting point. Well, um, that kind of like led into this season, and and the USL has sort of an, sort of announced uh, a start date. Um, so we will uh, just kind of covering the basics. Um, the Hounds are scheduled to play thirty-two games. Every every team will have a thirty-two game slate. Uh, the teams will be divided up into four divisions, um, which had North Carolina stayed in would be even divisions, but North Carolina drops. Uh, so we're looking at not even divisions, but um, four divisions of teams. Um, the season will start somewhere between April 24th and May 15th. Um, so I think the league has kind of put that, it sounds like from their press release, kind of put that on the teams to decide maybe based off of local COVID situations, all of that. I don't know. Um, but it looks like they have an option to kind of start anywhere in that, in that gap. It'll be about a 27 week season ending in October playoffs in November. Somebody, somebody added some more notes to my, to my agenda today, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> yeah. I so, assume. uh, I was, I was cruising around on, uh, um, Reddit and Twitter uh, while I was eating dinner, and uh, uh, Jeff Reuter of The Athletic uh, had tweeted at around 5 o'clock tonight that it uh, looks like The Athletic has some sources that uh, there's going to be three groups of eight and one group of seven, uh, and both clubs from Oklahoma, so that's OKC, I guess it's just OKC now, it's not OKC Energy anymore, um, and uh, FC Tulsa will be in the East. So that puts us in a situation where the East looks like it'll have two of the three, eight groups. Um, what those will look like, who knows? Um, uh, will we see more kind of like North-South or will we see kind of like East Coast versus Midwest? Uh, I don't know, um, no ideas on that yet. Um, but I just kind of think it's interesting. So what that does is that means uh, that puts us probably in a group with seven other teams um so if we're playing every team in our group uh the maximum number of times that puts it at four games each and then four games left over against maybe more of our group maybe someone else nobody knows yet we haven't seen that information but um maybe it's something 
different altogether. Uh, maybe it's three times against our group and 12 games out. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, no ideas, but that looks like we're going to have a group of eight. Yeah. It, I mean, I understand why, and I'm not, like, saying they should have done something different. I'm just, like, I'm not looking for the thought of playing a team four times, maybe five times, if we're only playing within our division. Like, because that's four teams we would play five times, and the rest of them we would play four times, is how it would look if we only played games within our division. Uh, so that's that's a lot of repeat games, and I don't, I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, I could totally see them doing that, though. But if, if I think it's all dependent on COVID, honestly, uh, how they decide to do it. Uh, regional's better. I mean, you don't want to go too much travel. It just makes it more likely something was going to happen. So yeah, we don't want to play Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I could totally see it being we play all teams three times, and then we, we play the rest of the games against outside of our division. Whether that be all the same, like, coast. Like, maybe that we, we play the rest of the t- teams on the East Coast. Um, I could see that happening. But, oh, man, it's going to be a weird season. Yeah, I mean, do you think there's any possibility that they kind of do what MLS did when they went on hiatus? Where, like, they, I mean, take away the MLS's back tournament. But then after that, I mean, for a little while, it was like month by month the schedule was getting released until they kind of finalized the season. I mean, do we do kind of like maybe see a half schedule where you play each group, like each team in your group twice and we'll announce the second half of the schedule once we know more about COVID. I could see it as a possibility. I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, just something I was thinking about as I was processing through this. Maybe maybe we don't get a full schedule at the beginning of the season. I, I would actually think that would be good if they did that because then it gives them more room to, you know, make some new decisions after the first half of the season to see where the numbers are and if they can just kind of like – all right, cool. Now we're back to East and West in like two. Like they could completely switch it up if they really wanted to at that point. Like, I don't know. It's possible. Is there any way to like uh, get financial compensation if the USL does that for the pot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you got dips. Uh, <laughs> for, for me, this depends a little bit on the playoff scenarios, right? Like I think the unfortunate thing for for me last season was just how the playoffs worked based on who finished in what group and, and all this kind of stuff. I think it's in, it would be interesting to me if – I think it would be um, – it would be interesting to me if they would, like, top four group – top four teams from each group and then the, the playoffs were, like, cross-group, you know, like one team in one group plays the bottom team in the other group and then it just cross – um, that way, like, that would make it interesting to me. I think if it's, like, top two teams make the playoffs and then, like, the third team plays a, you know, something like that, plays a wild card game or something, I think we're starting to get into the same scenario where, like, we're only going to play, like, the best team. You know, like, that's, like, again, like another first-round match against Louisville or something like that, you know, and I, I just don't want to see that. Um, I'd rather see an opportunity for two of the better teams in the conference to go all the way to the like semifinal um, for for USL. So I think that would that would kind of depend a little bit on how I feel about all of this. Um, I'm sure they won't announce that really anytime soon because you know it's USL. They'll announce that in like mid-April. Um, but I think like it that is what this conference alignment depends on for me. 
and the scheduling. I don't, you know, <laughs> the union in in the MLS scheduling. I have a little. I have a little. I, I don't want to see that because <laughs> that's what screwed the union over in this last season. That they had to play uh, New England six times over the course of the season, um, and some of the teams in their conference they didn't even see twice. So. I think it's like we got to make sure we like spread the games out a little bit more. If if it's like a little bit at a time, we got to make sure we schedule like spread those games out. I mean, regardless, we're gonna have a crappy schedule yes, because sure. we're we're gonna have Louisville, we're gonna have Indy, um, so like it's it's not gonna be easy to begin with. We're gonna have New York, uh, so yeah, maybe Charleston will be in there. Charlotte, yes, Charleston, hopefully. Like I don't know, it's hard to tell who's gonna be in ours for sure. Yeah, it kind of depends on how they again how they split the split the uh, this side of the country if they split yeah. it north and south or east west. You know, it kind of depends. Um, but the team who seems to just be getting better and better and better at the southern end of our coast, uh, we probably won't see them. So that's probably a good thing. I don't I don't really want to see the Miami FC with their rebuilt brand and all of that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no Tampa, probably. No, I mean, yeah. yeah, I would. I, I can't see us having Tampa in our group. That would be weird splitting, indeed. But yeah, Tampa, Miami. Yeah. So, not not upset about that. Probably no Atlanta United too, which means no Robbie Mertz. So, that's. I mean, you guys are making quite the here. assumption that it's going to be north south. I don't think it's going to be north south. I still think if you go east west, we're probably in the west. If you go north south, we're in the north. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm West. just assuming from. Okay. I'm just assuming it from the fact that like distance, yeah. like looking at how you can cut it up where the teams are closest to to each other, and I feel like we would have to have Hartford and New York, uh, Loudon, Louisville, Indy, like those are all pretty close to each other, all things considered. Yeah, um, sure. And then from there, it's like, do you really go all the way down at that point to Tampa, and Miami, and all that? No, I think you go to Charlotte, Charleston. For sure. Any other any other thoughts on on schedule? I mean, I'm glad that they at least kind of got it out. You know. Yeah, I just gave you a shoulder shrug. I got nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, this is the this is my boring contribution of it. I was like, um, there's a way to do this mathematically where you can just like calculate all the mean distances between all the locations and then figure out a nice split. Like you can just do that. Kevin, are you giving yourself homework? No. You're not gonna do it. I mean, they're on with Justin and I. Shouldn't there be homework? <laughs> what this does sound like is Laura Allen homework, actually. She probably can run it through her data analysis software and nice. pull, pull all that for us. But Dodged we'll one see. there. Sweet. We'll, <laughs> well, guys, it was, good to, it was good to jump on and have a, have a quick show tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll, save, we'll save the pain of, of continuing to ramble on. But good to, good to see all you guys. Good to see yeah, you too. Yeah, it's a uh, good job. It's gonna good be a long coaching. off season. Uh. <laughs> it it has been a long off season, and it will continue to be. Is yes. my guess. Is my guess. But yeah, so we're gonna have to figure out stuff to talk about. But um, yeah, you know, I don't want to. Ha- I, I just I hung that out there as another conversation topic, and you're trying to get off. So let's just get off. Let's finish this up. <laughs> well, I'll just uh, I'll just spin that into the closing. You know, you can hit us up on Twitter. Um, at Mongols, if you want to uh, give us some ideas of, of what maybe to talk about for the rest of this offseason. Um, that'd be great. Um, but continue to wear your mask. 
Black Lives Matter, all that kind of stuff. Continue to please do that. Uh, we're so close to the end. And uh, get a vaccine when it becomes available to you. Um, thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team, roughneckscarves.com. And if you're tired of the same old cookie-cutter uniforms and templates from Nike and Adidas, then hit up Icarus FC for a completely custom set kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team. They can uh, they can design a kit um, that's going to look great and not be those, those templates that you get from everywhere else. We're also part of the Beautiful Game Network. Go check us and other podcasts out at bgn.fm. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you listen to our podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a review. That helps in other people finding our show. And, uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. And uh, we love hearing from you guys. But until next time, have a great day. Cheers. See ya. Later.